Welcome to the Revolution of Interdependence podcast. My name is Will Sampson. I'm a social scientist who guides executives and companies to new levels of growth. If you want to improve your life all by yourself, look, that's your business. But if you want help from others, that's our business. And that's what this podcast is all about, helping each other succeed. We do that by inviting people into a growing revolution of interdependence. So let's get into today's podcast. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Um, I am so excited that you've joined us for another episode of the Revolution of Interdependence podcast. And today I'm welcoming Wendy Nash from Down Under. So it's it's afternoon for me and, and morning for her. Wendy is a meditation coach for entrepreneurs. Um, she has a strong educational background in it, in, in this work. Um, but even more importantly, she brings a lot of really great life experiences. And so I've invited Wendy here to talk about her experiences, to talk about what that means to be a meditation coach for entrepreneurs. A lot of you listening, I know, are entrepreneurs. Um, and we'll, uh, we're going to get into some interesting things, particularly around the topic of meditation. So, Wendy, welcome. Thank you very much, Will. I love that the sort of good morning, uh, good afternoon, good evening. That's uh, You should say good night because a lot of people listen to podcasts at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so I love that. That's such a beautiful way. I've never thought about it like that. But of course, you know, I'm sometimes awake at three o'clock in the morning and I just love the idea of, you know, good morning, you know, or good night. You should be asleep now. But anyway, so thank you for that lovely, warm introduction. It was a, it was a really nice synopsis. Thank you very much. Well, I just was... always, I, I always like to do two things to at the beginning of every show. Um, it's really about um, expressing thankfulness, I guess, gratitude, but not in a big way, but in a small way, recognizing that everybody contributes to this show so obviously you and me you know you you've had previous guests and you'll have more guests after me I've had previous hosts and I will have other hosts after you so we've been I've been practicing you've been practicing we've been working on this together so in that immediate thing that's just us but there's also every time a show is downloaded that counts to this show because the whole, you know, you've got the tech world who are all part of it. So you've got the software and the hardware and the microphones and all that sort of stuff. You've got a whole lot of people writing blogs. There's an industry of podcasting. So the, it's, it's part of a very large uh, system, ecosystem, if you like. But it's part of a large story of uh, large storytelling history you know what is the human experience if it's not about stories so this is the whole large thing so thank you to everybody you our beloved listener listening in the morning the afternoon the evening or why you should be asleep um for for your contribution it's really appreciated no matter how small or large it's really it's really beautiful thank you very much thank you yeah the other thing I like to do is to recognize that I'm calling from Aboriginal country called Gubby Gubby and uh, I'm in Queensland in Australia and Gubby 
it's the local word, I believe, for no, as in, no, you may not come onto my country until you have been welcomed. So I acknowledge that you're here, but I haven't actually invited you in. And I'm not Aboriginal, so I don't have the right to welcome you to this country, but I can at least acknowledge that. And Aboriginal people have been working and observing and understanding the relationships between people and birds, animals, plants, but also rocks, the land, the nature, the stars, everything. And they've been doing it for 70,000 years. And to put that into context, Christianity has been around for 2,000 years. So that's like a drop in the ocean. That's not to offend anybody who's Christian. I personally am Buddhist, so or anybody who's Buddhist or Muslim or any anybody or an atheist, but just to, to say, wow, that's a long time that people have been paying attention. And so one of the really things, things that I really like in the Aboriginal way of thinking is it's not until you know where you have come from that you know where you are right in this moment that says, okay, now that we know that, where are we going to? And I, I really, I think it's really important to um, pay my, I, I like to pay my respects to the elders past, present and future and emerging who are really part of this large sort of history. I am just one person in the middle of this huge, long history. I'm a future ancestor, if you like. So that's the other thing I like to do. I love that. Thank you. I normally ask, as you, as you know, I normally ask, uh, guests uh, to talk about some someone that made the difference for them and you kind of already set the table for that so I so appreciate that and I also I just want to really thank you for the grace of sort of locating us it's so easy to think you know to get lost in history but but when we can see ourselves against a bigger backdrop of history I think that the the goal of this podcast is to help us see how interdependent we are and to think that we are also interdependent on our future. We are the ancestors to future generations. Absolutely. It. And, you know, you think back to when you were a kid and that's history. Right. And yeah. that was before the internet, before mobile phones, before, you know, so much stuff. So, yeah, just yeah. before SUVs and pickup trucks. Anyway, <laughs> that's another story. Let's not go there. Better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting. My my dad, I remember growing up, he had these Dick Tracy comics and Dick Tracy had this cell phone that he would talk to people or had this phone, we didn't call it a cell phone, that he would talk to people on his watch. And we just thought, that's crazy. Who does that? Except me now every day. Like it's, you know, we, we so it's, it's helpful to locate ourselves historically. So thanks for we that. We have a we haven't quite got to Maxwell Smart speaking into his shoe, but anyway. <laughs> no, but we may not be too far. Yeah, who knows what they're? Who knows what these product companies will come up next with next? And speaking of product companies and entrepreneurs, that's a good segue into. I know you describe yourself as a meditation coach for entrepreneurs. A lot of people listening to this podcast are entrepreneurs um, because it's just part of my extended family. So. Let's start first with what does it mean to like, what does it mean when you say you're a meditation coach for entrepreneurs? What does that look like? So, um, you know, it takes a long time to think through stuff. People think, you know, I should know, I should know, I should know. And I've been meditating for 20 years and I've been doing this, this work for a few years. 
and it's really only starting to crystallize now. I'm always amazed at how slow I am at picking things up. But it, again, it's part of this larger ecosystem of the podcast. So I was listening to a podcast, an interview with a guy who does leadership development, and he talks about vertical leadership development. Right. And so what that is, is you've got a, a leader really shows their mettle so with a difficult situation, how do they manage that? How to manage that? What do you do in those situations? But it's also about diversity of ideas. So you need to have people from, they talk about this over and over and over. In a company, you need to have people from all sorts of different backgrounds because that's what makes it really strong. You know, the more different ways of thinking, the stronger the organisation. And the other part of it is reflection. And for me, you can't really do the other two well unless you have the capacity to introspect, to listen to your own mind, to listen to something that is much deeper within you. What is the, where is the wise one within you, that voice that knows exactly what is going on, that is the right step? We, we can't really hear it because we're so go, 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 go. And, in fact, this guy was saying that this is the weakest area for leaders and I, I, I speak, he, he talks about leadership development within an organisation, but it's exactly the same when you start your own company. You know, when you're, there's so much advice about you should do marketing like this and you should do sales like that and this is how you set up this. Everybody wants your money and your time and your attention and your effort. So where do you hear yourself in amongst that huge cacophony? And that's really about the reflection. And I think that introspection is such a missing part of our contemporary society if we can just pull back and then you know see ourselves as an, a future ancestor in the middle of it or see ourselves hear our own voice in amongst all that cacophony you know you've got co-founder conflict you've got uh you know your partner's going you never spend any time with me you've got the bank manager going or you just look at your bank account and go oh it says red oh 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 how many minus not you know how many numbers are before the 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 the, uh, decimal point that there's a negative and it's got in bright red numbers you know what do I do there you know and there's all this panic and anxiety and we all want to be good and we all want to be right and we all want to be happy but they're not necessarily the same thing and we all want to be successful. And so it's really sitting there trying to figure out what is the voice in amongst all that. And it's taken me a few years to figure out what, what even I'm on about. And I do a lot of this reflection. It takes a lot of practice to really go, what am I doing here? So anyway, so I hope that answers the question. No, that's a great answer. How do you think, how do you see meditation addressing that sort of, well, I call it the bro culture, like the tech bro culture and this sort of social Darwinianism, like, you know, ride hard, uh, beat out your competitors and all that. I mean, are are you able to really address some of that with meditative practices? I would ask if people are really, this was a question I heard about, uh, it was a, a man who was black, an American man, and this guy, a white guy said a racial slur against him or said something very racist. And the black guy says, do you feel better after you've said that? So if you're shafting people, do you feel better about who you are? 
Like, do you feel that that's a, is that making you like, uh, is that, is that really who you want to be? Like, yeah, there is a lot of, you know, hustle, even that word side hustle, you know, that says that's got an aggressive edge to it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't, I'm not out to cure everybody. Like I have people, sometimes they, they, I start with them and they just want to control and they want to manipulate. And I can't work with people like that because that's not about the greater good, if you like. Right. You know, for me, it's really about listening well, caring for people and bringing everybody with you on that whole journey rather than, you know, I, I'm if Jeff Bezos were ever to come my way, I'd be like, yeah, I have a billion dollars per hour. Thank you very much. Because I, A, I know he can afford it. That's a drop in the ocean for him. And B, I'd have to work bloody hard for that one hour session. <laughs> so, um, you know, my business is kindly cut the crap. You know, right. so, and the reason is because kind is the most important. So that's why it's the front. But you do have to cut the crap, you know. Right. It is about hearing your own voice. Now, I feel like I've gone slightly off track to where I wanted to go about business. Is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but basically, yeah, you, 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 who do you want to be when you're old? So um, if you, I worked with a, a woman once and she had a foul temper. And I, I've come from this really angry background. I had quite a lot of trauma and stuff like that. And it's took, it taken me a long time to work through that. And by the way, just as a side note here, meditation is not a cure for trauma treatment. That is a separate process. And I, my personal experience, and this is what has worked for me, is EMDR and nothing else will work with it. Meditation supports it, but... It's a psychological treatment for trauma that needs to be done. That's different work. So yeah. I just put that there. Yeah. So what? So that's one side of being an entrepreneur is really thinking about how to be kind and how to get to the essence of what is really important for you. Um, and I wanted to say something there, and I have suddenly forgotten. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> that's great. So entrepreneurs are busy. Uh, everyone's busy. I was actually on a two-hour webinar this afternoon um, where they calling people into a meditative practice. And there's some people, there was a couple people who chimed in on the chat on Zoom. I don't know how to meditate. I don't, you know, I just can't do it. <laughs> I don't. So before we even get to the question of whether people have the time, whether it's for entrepreneurs or not, how do you invite people into meditation? So I, I really believe start where you are. I saw this, this video the other day and it was a very overweight woman and she was, at, she was at the gym and she had this mattress on the side, you know, and she's just doing kind of clap hand things. And she was doing, a, I don't know, 120, you know, she's, she's very, she's morbidly obese, you know, she's so overweight that it's going to kill her. So that's what morbidly obese means. But she's wanting to do something about it, but you just start where you are. You can't run around like a mad chicken for like however many decades, suddenly stop and sit still for 20 minutes. Clear your mind. Like that's just not, that's unrealistic. So start where you are. And um, actually um, my call to action, if you like, is to email me and I will send people um, five, five types of meditation um, 
which would take no time out of the day and will probably actually save you time at the end of the week. So that, uh, that's my call to action. So we've done that now. Yeah. But um, one of the ones that I really like, so meditation is about training the mind. And in order to train the mind, you've got to be aware of what's in the mind. And you don't have to sit still for that. You don't have to sit there and try and clear your mind. You just have to be aware of what arises. So my favorite one, and this is a great one for people who are starting because it's got such a good reward at the end. Um, when This is one, the big time-saving one. When you've finished brushing your teeth and you look down into the basin and there are the remnants of you brushing your teeth, you can walk away and leave somebody new and exciting to somebody to come along and discover that you have brushed your teeth is that really what they want no it's not you could instead leave no trace of that activity so it's a meditation practice called leave no trace where you get the cloth and you wipe it down and just be aware of what your mind is going what is going through your mind at that time so you might be well i shouldn't have had to clean up after them because the previous person is not part of this practice. And right. then you can hear the self the sort of self-righteousness and entitlement. And say you're, say that's your partner who's done that. You've come home at the end of the day and you see that detritus in the basin. And then you go, ah, and your partner walks in the door and you're like, rah. You're like, oh, you didn't clean the basin in the bathroom. I had to clean up after you. That's like a lot of like crap you're gonna to have to spill yeah. on that yeah, that's no good for anyone so right. there's the resentment there so to really listen out for resentment and i think women often can be quite resentful because they've given so much of the domestic burden but i think men also can be resentful because work pressures and the demand to earn an income is also really awful you know corporate environments are tough environments they're not warm. you know if everybody won the lotto no one would turn up. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking everybody's going to be as dedicated as you are in your job, you employ somebody, you are mistaken. It's just they don't have to be passionate about your company. They just have to enjoy their day. So anyway, I digress. But, but, but going back to the toothpaste thing, so just to be aware of what's going through your mind and just go, ah, oh, and just go, I feel resentful. Yes, it's true. I feel resentful. I feel resentment. I re and just acknowledging and pausing is a really nice one because then it means actually the wild mind that you get in meditation is the ego can't tell you it doesn't have the capacity for emotion. It can't, it can't tell you that. It's like a two-year-old that's just having a temper tantrum. So it tells you there's a problem. Right. You can't articulate very well what it is. And so the question is, what is the emotion common to all these thoughts? Right. And if you just ask that and it might be um, hurt, well, then the answer is, I feel hurt. Yes, it's true. I feel right. hurt. Right. So just simply that. So that's one practice. And then if you, you start with the, the bath, the, the basin, yeah. excuse me. But then after you've had your shower, you can wipe it down each time. And that means that after you use the toilet, you clean it down each time. And that means at the end of, at the, end of the week, when it comes to cleaning time, you don't have to clean it all because it's clean. Yeah. 
So you don't have the domestic burden, actually. It starts to be part of a shared process. You can do that with the kitchen. You can do that with the lounge room. You can do that with the bedroom. Just do it as you go. And that gives you a whole lot of time and a whole lot of space. And it means that everybody can contribute in that space. So that's one practice that I really like. And I do that a lot. And now I I know that I actually never clean the bathroom just because I always clean the bathroom. You always clean it. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't have that. Oh, my God, it's two hours. I've got to clean the house, you know. So. And I clean the floors every day just because it makes it nice and quick and it takes five minutes and then it's done. I wipe the the seals another day. I wipe all the the surfaces another day. And that just takes five minutes. Everything is just, I just do one thing every day and then it takes five minutes and then it's done. My partner goes to an office, so it's sort of fair because I'm home, he's not. So it's fair. He works in the garden. And so he grows all this beautiful produce for us to eat. And he's really knowledgeable about that. And when he brings it in, I just say, oh, thank you for all this beautiful produce. And thank you for taking care of the garden. And in fact, this is the other meditation practice, which is more of a down the gratitude end. Though I'm a bit funny about I should be really grateful for the horrible things that have happened to me because I have learned so much. I don't like that one. (laughs) But, and, and I'm not saying, you know, be be grateful for the big things be grateful for like just what is here so uh, what i can see here is that you're very attentive to 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 this interview you're really focusing on it and and i can see that you're really integrating and thinking about how this is coming together what's this like for our listener how how will you apply this in your daily life whether you appreciate it so i just wanted to say thank you very much for your attention your kindness and appreciation and consideration so thank you very much for that thank you thank you and i love that basin meditation so there's a there's an agrarian writer named Wendell Berry, who's been really important for me. And um, he has this saying, do unto others downstream, what you would have others upstream do unto me. And I've always interpreted that kind of in the big, in the sort of global perspective, but it's just as true with cleaning the toothpaste out of the, out of the bottom of the sink, you know? So I love that practice. I love that practice. And I love, thank you for uh, being willing to give give those five practices away uh, to people. We'll make sure that there's a link for that in the show notes. Um, what do you do? How do you help people find the belief that they can meditate? I, I would say I'm an early meditator, a couple of years. I've have seen incredible benefit, but you know, I'm 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 a child, I'm a crawl, I'm a kid crawling around, you know, relatively speaking with meditation. But I saw the value of it and I and I dove in and I have continued, it's continued to grow uh, by by you know small, small leaps. Um, how do you convince people that yes, this is a thing that's worth doing? You know, if somebody comes to you and they're like, or you meet somebody in a garage or an elevator and you say what you do, like how what's the invitation into just the practice itself. So I, I, I realized I forgot to say something about the previous one, just about noticing the partner. So I realized that. So just because people are entrepreneurs and everything is going out, 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 by simply acknowledging what is coming in, you'll feel so much more restored. So I want our listener to really acknowledge that this is actually about you feeling more calibrated in life. 
so it doesn't feel so out, out, out and depleting. And then you're not so likely to burn out. So I just, I wanted to, I didn't finish that, that mm -hmm. sentence, which I meant to put in. Yeah. Um, so there are different types of meditation. Right. That what it sounds like what you're referring to is my sit, sitting down and being mindful. So that sounds like that's kind of what you're saying, and that is a sort of a, the most common in the West type of meditation. That's just one type of meditation. So um, where I get people to start is um, at night when you get into bed, put your phone on airplane mode. Set a timer for two minutes. It's really important to set a timer. Set a timer for two minutes and just recount all the times during the day that someone has done something for you. Did your partner make you a cup of tea? Did a friend send you a text saying, I thought you would be really interested in this? Or did, did you see a really cute cat video? <laughs> or <laughs> my partner showed me this really cute cat video the other day. It was gorgeous. I love a cat video, sure, yeah. <laughs> You know, and that's phenomenally good for the immune system, actually. Cat videos are really, yeah, really good yeah. for the immune system because it brings you such joy and lightness. And that's why meditation is so good. So if you want to feel happy, then 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 take up meditation. So because it starts to differentiate between being good, being right, and being happy. Because mm. watching a cat video makes you happy, but there's nothing good or right about that. You don't have to be a good cat in order to be have your cat video appreciated. <laughs> Usually they're going, and something's really strange. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so I, I, but I think it's really important to start small. I once saw, I went in, a, I was on a hardcore in the early days. I wasn't wise. And I was on this meditation retreat. It was 26 days silent. I had just taken it up six months beforehand. It was like right. hardcore. Because yeah. I'm like, I have a lot of emotion. I have a lot of capacity to withstand high levels of affect and emotion. So I'm kind of, I'm able to do that. But I could feel that right at the basement, I was going to split, actually. This was too much for me. And a woman on retreat who I was on lunch duty with, she went into a full-on psychotic episode and she, her sister had to drive a 1,000 kilometres to come and get her, take her to the psych ward. You can break your brain with this stuff if you don't, are not listening wisely to yourself. So it's really important to go really slowly. I have one client. And she's been doing three, four minutes for about four months. Her mind is wild. She's got tons going on. She's got visa issues and work issues and boyfriend issues and house issues and all this sort of stuff. It's not, and sometimes she can't meditate at all because there's too much going on. And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't expect you to meditate in this space. It's okay. We'll just do it one-on-one. -on -one. We'll do a meditation together, and that's gonna that's gonna be enough to keep you going for the next week. Start really, really small. So here's another one, apart from the toothbrush one. Here's right. another one you can do. I'm giving away all my call to action. Nobody will ask for anything. But I've got another couple that you're in the room. Yeah. So one is when you walk down. So if you choose one room in your house, like a corridor that you just walk down and as soon as you step your marker kind of a particular place on that where it begins and ends and every time you put your foot on that notice what your foot feels like is it tight are you 
dum 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 are you gentle are you what what is the kind of sensation is it cold is it hot is it tight and if you just walk on that corridor every day and just simply stop to notice what your walking is like that's meditation you don't necessarily need to do 20 minutes i do encourage people to use an app and the apps that i i think are really good are headspace that's good there's a lot of science with that one so i know that that's the sort of most recommended but i think he's probably associated with the university of oxford that guy so that's why there's so much research so just because there isn't lots of research on it doesn't mean to say you know i just that guy anyway so andy puttycomb i don't know him but but i know the research is really solid and he was a monk for 10 years so i know he's really solid on that another one is waking up with sam harris um he he, that's a really good one because he gets really fantastic teachers and he has a very whole approach to it so he's a very good one and he does have a subscription price but if you can't afford it then then you can ask for um, a discount or or free he will do that so he has a very good ethos i find Um, there's another one which I haven't used, but it was highly recommended, and it was um, one called Buddhify, and it was they're just short meditations, but they take one theme. So they might go if you're um, unable to sleep, this is a meditation for sleep, you know, insomnia. This is a meditation for anxiety. This is a meditation for the worrying mind. This is the meditation for whatever, and I quite for depression. I like I like the fact that it's like they're short meditations and they're just trying to do one thing really encourage people to use apps yeah. and and also seek out the support of the meditation community at large mm-hmm. because a map on its a, a, an app on its own is really hard to use because you you don't know how the mind is going to you know because it goes as you know kind of crazy right so <laughs> And we, we aren't trained in how to navigate that mind that goes wild. Right. And that's where people get unstuck with meditation apps. Yeah. What is, what's, I, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm just curious how you approach this question. What's the relationship between meditation and mindfulness, the meditation sort of being the practice, mindfulness being the state of mind? I mean, does that make sense as a question? I'm, I'm just curious what what your reflection on that is. So meditation is kind of uh, anything that trains the mind. Mm. So it's it's like, what am I doing here? And then becoming aware of that. And then instead of reacting, you're responding. So that is kind of meditation. Mindfulness is one particular type of meditation. Yeah. It's not the only meditation. Right. It works particularly well for people who have a more sensitive, withdrawn character, who are more intellectually oriented, who, who have, a, have a tendency to find the world very stimulating and who need to then withdraw because their sensory, it's quite uh, full on that the sensory thing. I have a more um, socially dominant temperament. So for me, I, I tend to be quite aggressive and I've had to work with a lot of anger in that. Right. And so loving kindness is actually a better one for people mm. like me. Yeah. And, and for people who have a very um, other oriented 
um, thing. So they're always putting everybody else first and they end up, you know, I met a, a, a woman at, at uni and she had two full-time jobs, um, a full university study load. She also was taking care of three autistic children and an elderly grandmother and something. So she was putting everybody else first. And I see a lot of those people with broken bodies, their bodies are completely cactus by the time they they start getting to 40, 45, you know, because she's living on McDonald's because she's not eating properly. So because she's not able to take care of herself. So those people, what's really good is devotional practice. So they're really good. That's mantras is really good for people in that space. Yeah. So, and it's really important to recognize who you are as a person, which one sounds right. Right. And then go down that technique. If you go down the wrong technique for the wrong disposition, it can end up in what's called spiritual bypassing and, and it becomes sort of quite narcissistic. So you think you have become enlightened, but actually you've still got all this guff that's sitting at the back <laughs> and you're caught in a narcissistic. I mean, we all get caught in spiritual bypassing everybody does everybody who's on this journey we think we are further along than we are but rest assured some point it'll go smack across the face (laughs) and you'll go oh yeah i'm not in line after all that's right that's who i am yeah (laughs) (laughs) i want to touch on the on the whole question of the ego and and the role of the ego because i know for me i'll just speak from personal experience my ego uh, I know one spiritual teacher who describes the ego as like a barking dog. And my my ego is this yapping dog that constantly wants to wants to sound off while I'm trying to quiet my mind. Um, how do you how do you help people work through the ego or what's your perspective on the ego? So the way so I have a psychotherapy background. I mean, I, I don't work as a psychotherapist. I don't want to work with that high level of depression, anxiety, trauma. So that's why I don't work in that. But it does deeply inform the way that I, I work with people and the way that I live within the world. So um, there's not everybody has an ego. Right. Everybody has an ego. You can't get rid of the ego. That is a fallacy. But what you can do is you can gain separation from acting within it. Sort of, it's like it goes, it's there. So that's, but the opinionated mind, which is, I think what that, you know, you should do this and you should do that. You're failing, you're, you're lacking that, that, that whole voice is, is kind of, that's the wild mind just going, you should do this and you should do that. And there is an emotional flavor. So this is kind of what I was referring to earlier on. There is an emotional content to that. Mm. So I would encourage you to kind of, as you kind of recognize, you come back and you go, wow, I'm in a really opinionated space to go, what is the emotional common to all these thoughts? Mm. And what that does is once that's happened, it's like that, that ego mind, which is da, 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 Right. It 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 um it's telling you it needs attention. It's really important part of the mind. The ego is not something to be tried to be suppressed or negated or pushed away or denied. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this in the last week and working with some people, and what I was really noticing is that 
it's actually it's it's the social emotions of guilt shame and humiliation disappointment yeah. it's usually it's there so that it's like there's the opinionated mind right and then there's the wise sort of aware part of the mind right. but there's this ego which there's it's like I, I'm I haven't fully formulated it but basically there's a part of the mind which is like um unable to articulate social emotions or gain access to them and by going underneath in what is the emotion common to all these it starts to allow space for shame guilt humiliation and disappointment mm -hmm. yeah. and then it's like that hard coldness of the ego the anxious bit which says i am socially inept in some way that that social emotion those ones there by by acknowledging actually i i'm actually hurt or sad or frustrated it, it it allows space for those emotions to come forward i don't know i i'm still very much formulating so i i'm sorry if that's not coherent no that was great i love it and this has been an amazing conversation thank you for the gift of your presence Thank you for your grace and being here and bringing your full self. And uh, final question on sort of call to action. If people want to connect with you, how do they do that? Yeah, the best is to just go to my website, kindlycutthecrap.com. People always remember that name. And it was one of those things. Business leaders were like, you know, you should change your name. And I'm going, I really like it. And it's sort of yeah. me. And, and people who aren't interested in that won't come and see me. So there you go. Right. So that's the best way. And just email me. I have this, I do have a creative manager, Juliet Beato. She's fantastic, but she's also in the Dominican Republic. And so she's a bit caught out with the weather just at the moment. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're trying to get some things happening, but if it, if it's not there by the time this show goes to air, then just email me. I'd love to hear you from you anyway, and always open for a discussion because I, I just love sharing this stuff. So I'm happy to have a conversation with anyone. This has been a so real thank you. Uh, look, and thank you to our lovely, lovely listener who's been so attentive and engaged with the, the ideas. Thank you very much. I love it. Thank you, Wendy. It's been my pleasure, Will. All right. Thanks to everyone who joined me today. And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, can you share it with one person in your world today and help me get the word out? And if you like what you heard here, you can sign up for my weekly insights. It's just a short bit of wisdom that comes out once a week. And to do that, head over to willsampson.com and sign up for the newsletter. You can follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at WillSampsonChangeCoach. Please hit the subscribe button below to be notified of the latest episode. Thanks, everyone. And I will see you the next time on the Revolution of Interdependence podcast.